It's the top of the hour, and today I'm asking Honeymoon Arcade some questions about music, community, and identity. Let's get started. Um, so the first thing I want to ask you is how you got started in music, how you sort of latched on production, because the first thing I noticed about a lot of your tracks is that it's very clean and very precise. How did you come about to that? Um, when I started, um, when I started production, it was in 2016, and prior to doing so, I was in piano lessons. But ultimately, the the thing that I think motivated me to start it was. Um, falling out of the lessons just because I always felt like, you know, the lessons always kept you in a sort of like confined way. And it's like, it's sort of a pattern that I see. It's like when people are like in music school, they don't want to create anything or they, they have a lot of insecurities about it. And so I was like thinking of like a solo name for myself. I would played in a band before and I was in a indie at first up until then. And then mm. very like recently towards like the end of 2020, I decided to like do like a whole reboot and then change over to uh, like, I, I'd like to call it electro indie right now, like electro indie. I call it like a little bridge between like EDM and like indie. And that's that's something I, I, I'd love to ask you more about, because mm. as somebody who started off in that indie genre, we still see a lot of that, especially in your singer songwriter work, you know, what, mm. what you do with production. Um, you, you've got uh, chill R&B tracks like uh, Autopilot with Jaden Fantasy or Cover Your Tracks with Cameron Detman and Batuder, uh, three trailblazing artists in the Las Vegas Valley right now. And then we have songs like Are You Content with Andesia, um, but your solo work branches off into EDM, techno, house, how do you stay so motivated to span over a wide array of genres? Uh, how do you keep thinking out of the box and not confine yourself? It's, um, well, essentially the music that I was like born and like raised off of, I didn't happen to like until, if I'm being honest, like 2018, again, when I started like Honeymoon Arcade was like, it was, uh, it was jazz and a lot of that R&B that you're like hearing and whatnot, but definitely more of jazz because my dad was, um, a jazz musician and he's into the really complex the complex things i heard calvin harris's funk off bounces uh lp and i was like i want to make something like this like i was like i i like this a lot because that's when i started like really latching on to funk i was really determined to make something like that so that's um i kept branching off because it's like being outside of the box wanting to be like a jack of all trades in that sort of sense because the way that i always see it is that it's like you know um music is always influenced by another genre even if the genre is completely completely like different like mm -hmm. i take inspiration from jazz songs to use in edm and you see that fairly often with like drum drum and bass tracks sometimes the really bass heavy like future bass tracks like you mm -hmm. know you see a lot of jazz inspiration the number one thing like you know that i love to see is the indie inspiration and you see that with like porter robinson uh jai wolf who's another really bridged edm like indie artist ah so i'd, I'd love to talk a little bit more about um your production work and your mixing and mastering work because you did mention you were going to be on that project with batuta which i am very excited mm. for he's a terrific mm. musician um, oh yeah he's so insane um <laughs> as far as these um these singer songwriter sessions go um, do you have input into how these songs are written as well? Because I know you have that background in jazz and a song like Seven Minutes, for example, you know, the song is in C major, but we hear mm. so much jazz. <laughs> yeah, you guys it. just exposed yep. me totally. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but but from 
from the listener's ear, it does not sound generic at all. And that's something that's very hard, especially for a lot of breakout artists, mm. especially for a lot of DIY artists to stray mm. away from, right? Mm. It's that's that's very difficult for some people. Mm. And right out the bat, you have these incredibly tight pockets, diverse chords, just the musical vocabulary you have in your um, instrumentation is extremely impressive. So I'd, mm. I'd love for you to talk a little bit more about your yeah. collaboration with um, singer-songwriters and how your background influences uh, the um, music you put out. Whenever it comes to collaborating with like a singer like and songwriters and whatnot, like for the first few songs, I would say for like String of Faces, Seven Minutes, that little that little pocket of time, right? Those were songs I basically just produced and then I sent over to the singers and had them just do all like all of the writing and then. Ah, and so, so you had you had the instrumentation already laid down and then just sent yeah, it yeah, over to vocalists. Ah, yeah. so it is a collaborative process. Mm, yeah, it's um definitely like um it's not collaborative as it has been now working on recent projects. But back then, like, you know, what I think really just completed it, though, was just like, you know, like the vocalists adding their touch. I, I do want to bounce off that and ask you yeah. um, just in your because I do agree with you that um, when we collaborate, it is so much easier to be creative and to stay motivated. How do you stay so motivated and how do you work so ethically and methodically just with your solo work in itself? You do remixes, you're producing for people. You've got, I mean, basically your own production company, you know, over Instagram. <laughs> how do you do it all? Going back to what I said about like the, the love for like every sort of genre, at the point that I started doing it for other people along the road, it's like you're just sort of like developed these type of things. And then you'll notice it's like, oh, okay, so this song is like uh, A, B, A, C, B. Like it goes like uh, you kind of just like uh, just get a grasp of like uh, lyrical structures, instrumental structures, like or when somebody gives me like a song and it's like, hey, I want something like this. I just use a reference track and then try my best to get as close as I can without exactly copying it. But at the same time, like in, in my opinion, though, it's like every good artist will literally just rip something. It doesn't even matter. Just like just rip it. Just not like blatantly rip it. You know what I mean? But it's like you can you can copy something completely and still make it sound different for sure. Com completely. And that's honestly yeah. something that's been, you know, almost what feels like the dawn of modern American music. Right. Or uh -huh. uh, at least with like yeah. that British invasion, you know, like the yeah. the Beatles copying directly from pet sounds. Right. At the end yeah. of the day, we are yeah. all branching from our influences like yeah. you mentioned you know yeah your your father's jazz influence that in itself i feel like opens up a lot of doors as somebody who was forced to play piano as a child it really does t help to have an understanding of theory um but what baffles me yeah, definitely, is, yeah. is that you are able to cohesively combine that background knowledge of theory with this immaculate production and i will continue to compliment it because it's almost yeah, astounding <laughs> and it's it, it's an it's an anomaly frankly like it's something we don't see with diy artists nowadays mm -hmm. because it's just something so rare for someone to be not only self-motivated but have a professional sounding production style as well as verbose instrumentation. It's just something yeah, that true. I don't see, uh, you know, from, from DIY artists very often. No. Yeah. Yeah. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate that a lot. Seriously. Of course. And yeah. when we, when we talk about your influences, you mentioned, you know, about Porter Robinson and, and Calvin Harris uh, on the more EDM mm, side, but then we mm, have influences like, and this is me drawing from your Spotify mm, playlist, Gus Dapperton, Claro, Honey, 
you know, uh-huh. these big ticket names in indie uh-huh. that sort of guide the direction mm. in which uh, funk can be more digestible. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. The biggest thing that I'll tell you right now about all of those tracks that I was just gathering from is like, you know, with a lot of these genres, right? Some of them are a little bit have to have this ear to understand it. It's like, you know, it's always like you show like jazz to regular uh, people who, you know, only have like a few genres under their belt that they'll listen to. They they probably won't understand it as much as like, you know, some mm. other people who are like jazz enthusiasts. And so when I blend like all of those artists together, basically, it's like, you know, like uh, like you said, like Honey, Claire, like and, and Gus Dabberton and everybody. It's like I take the pop aspect and like mm. I take the simplicity part of that and then incorporate incorporate like the jazz aspects you know it's just like an equation like this plus this just equals that that's what you so i i because as somebody who has been burnt out especially at the beginning of quarantine like you mentioned Uh when you do study music at the high school or the collegial level sometimes it can Mm. get very discouraging you know yeah Um, yeah very much yeah i wanted to ask you how you continue to stay encouraged when a song maybe Mm. doesn't do as well or maybe you Mm. aren't as satisfied with how Mm. something because as musicians as creatives we're never satisfied Mm. right Mm. how how do you continue to um how do you keep your head up i think one of the biggest like tips i have is that to just accept being discouraged at some point like just accept that you're gonna end up feeling that way and and it's a normal thing that happens. It's like, it happens with every artist with music. I was like, I just told myself, like, this is my basically my life. So I got to do something. And so to end up self-motivated in the end, it's like, you have to take a hard fall. You have to accept those. And for me, like when I, when I accepted that, what I did basically from that point, which just, this all happened in like 2020 is like, I changed my mindset. It's like, I'm looking at Ableton now. I'm going to say that I'm a beginner. And I'm going to relearn like everything. And at that point, that's when my ears started to really develop uh-huh. as much as it should have within like the five years of production experience that I had. Right. And it, it, there's something to say about, you know, how commendable it is to have the courage to press the reset button. And when I talk about courage, I also want to talk about being trans because that is something you're open about on social media. Uh, your pronouns are she, her. I'd mm. love for you to talk a little bit more about how transitioning feels for you and how being more open about it um, influenced how you live your life. It's, um well, one, one thing I could say too that I, I feel like resonates like with a lot of other people is just literally living your life is one of the, the biggest things to help you be a better creator, if that makes sense. Just at that point, it's like uh, being confined within like the old gender before it just caused a lot of like inner issues and then therefore that just makes like you know like you know less motivated to do things more creative blocks than it was and so and i understand some people like you know it's hard for that to accept too you know um i'm gonna accept that just you know people don't like it and i'm gonna like live freely just because it's like you know there's no reason not to because like you know if you keep yourself within that box you're just gonna get stuck that's I think is extremely insightful. And for um, uh, those who are just tuning in for listening, I'm talking to Honeymoon Arcade, um, an eclectic and prolific producer from Las Vegas, Nevada, slash singer songwriter. And right now we are talking about the um, impact of transitioning and how that has um, influenced the way you make music and live your life. And I think something you said um, about. Uh, living freely as a creator. I think that's extremely important for any creatives who are listening right now that 
to be creators, we have to be unapologetically ourselves. And I think that's yeah. very, not only courageous and mm. just inspiring of you to take who you really are and project that into all of your music. Well, it's you, even, yeah. of course, it's even more yeah. of an amazing thing that you are able to express mm. that in your music. When I, whenever I channel that sort of thing, it, it helps me bring out like um, the genuine side of my music. And especially alongside, you know, uh, watching watching anime and getting really like uh, attached to these, uh, it really helps me to uh, write something that I think is like this is like this is the sort of emotion now that it's like I I want to like convey. Like it helps me, like I said, like bring something like more genuine that comes straight out of my heart, and it, it feels therefore it just feels a lot more content, like with me. Than it, mm. it ever has like been before, and it's funny you bring up content because mm. uh, your newest single um, or mm. the your newest project, I should mm. say. What I hear in the lyricism to "Are You Content" is a lot, which is your most recent release for those who are just tuning in. As far as lyricism goes, um, when somebody listens to a song, they tend to delve into the lyricism. It's like um, it's like when your English teacher really overanalyzes a book, right? And you're like, "This is not what the author intended for the symbolism to be." Uh, you know, that's I think is beautiful in itself. Mm. Yeah, that listeners yeah. can take a song like that and yeah. um, reinterpret it. To yeah, something yeah, the, much yeah, more exactly. deeper than that's, what it was originally intended to be, right? Yeah, that's exactly what I was supposed to say. Is that like when I love when people develop their own interpretations. When we first release a song as creatives, um, mm. it's almost bound to be something that we dislike in the future, um, oh, yeah. or that's oh, something that we plan on trumping in the future. That's not always the <laughs> case, you know. Tom Petty mm. wrote Free Fallen when he was 14. <laughs> but I mean, um, Ed Sheeran once said, you've got to let the bad songs come out before the good ones yeah. do. Would you- yeah, I would agree with that. It's one of the biggest tips that I see from like all the producer pages I follow is that, and especially from a, a YouTube video about defeating Redis Block is that you have to allow yourself to make pure garbage in order to write like something that you think is really, really good. And so that's what I allowed myself to do is the songs that I was like releasing in like 2018 and whatnot, I was just like, the, like, I, I totally allowed myself at the time. I didn't think it was like garbage just because I was just like, oh, nice. Like I felt like super accomplished. Like if you thought you write the best song of your life, you can always write a better one. Um, we had a <laughs> terrific conversation today, but what mm-hmm. is the long-term goal for Honeymoon Arcade? Eventually it's like the, the one thing that I want to do is like, you know, I don't, I don't really care if I end up getting the mainstream industry like that. I just want to specifically like, you know, like EDM shows. I want to get to the point of like a stage at EDC pretty much. Mm. That's uh, that's my, my goal has been just to make a bridge between like gaming and like music. Yeah. It's a very innovative promotional tactic. Um, it's mm. definitely something that I commend you for uh, because you, yeah. it does get people from all walks of life, right? You've got the yeah. Twitch gamers and then you've got the EDM heads on one side, you know, uh-huh. um, And, you know, those groups overlap, but at the end of the day, you're reaching out to a wide array of listeners, not just Mm. in the different mediums in which you broadcast, Mm. also the genres in which you um, create in. Mm. This was a terrific conversation, Tina. Thank you so much for being on. Yeah, no, thank you for having. Yeah, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. And that concludes our first ever interview with Las Vegas producer Honeymoon Arcade, who has music on all streaming services. You can follow him on Instagram, Twitter, or Twitch at the handle Honeymoon Arcade. You're listening to Nevada Noisemakers on Wolfpack Radio. Coming up, 
Here's Honeymoon Arcade's most popular single, Seven Minutes, featuring Maris. I bet you're upstairs at a party. I bet you're sipping on a 40. I bet you've never felt less sorry. I bet her pretty lips are boring. Grab her hand and walk to do more than talk. Take her t-shirt off. Mm. Her stomach is soft. Miss me after all. She's just some sexer. Cherry lips begging. Soft skin you begging. Take a stairway to seven minutes in heaven. Out of ten she's eleven. Soft skin you begging. Take a stairway. Seven minutes. 